We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NBA front office show. The regular season just days away. We still have preseason action going on and a lot of news and notes to get into on today's show. Before we dive into everything, make sure if you haven't done it yet, if you look on the YouTube channel and you don't see yourself subscribed, go ahead and click that button. Make sure you turn on the notification bell as well. While you're at it, go ahead and like this video. I know you haven't watched the full video yet, but just click it. Assume that you are going to indeed like this. So click that like button as well for us. We are trying to get our subscribers up as much as we can. And don't forget, if you are a podcast listener over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd love it if you give us that five-star rating and review. Keith, joining me as always. You know, one of the things, we're going to pl- talk plenty of basketball today. Um, of course, our thing is we don't you know scream into our cameras and throw hot takes at you or anything like that. But, uh, you know, She-Hulk, before we dive into basketball, I haven't touched base with you on this. How are you feeling about She-Hulk and where things have gone? Yeah, I have not watched the one that came out today, I believe, was the finale. I have not so either. I have not seen it yet, so no spoilers in the comments for anybody else who's maybe waiting on it or saving it up or something. I've enjoyed it. It's funny. I had a friend of mine was like, it just feels like there's no stakes. And I was like, yeah. You can't have big stakes in every single one of these shows because otherwise you're good. Like then everything becomes an Avengers level event. Right. So like, I have no problem that it's a little, little bit smaller stakes. I want to see where they're going. Um, I did like uh, the way they introduced Daredevil. I thought that was yeah. fun. I'm not, that's not a spoiler because everybody knew he was coming mm-hmm. in the show, I think, especially if you know where we are for on the MCU. But yeah, I'm very curious to see how through the finale they, they tie it in further. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's not a, not my favorite one of the TV shows. Um, and then I'm hoping maybe later tonight to watch uh, uh, Werewolf by Night. Oh, um, yeah. I have not watched that yet either. Yeah, I got to check that one out as well. Uh, She-Hulk, you know, it got immensely better when Daredevil arrived. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. You know, like it, It's kind of like the, the show itself felt uh, it felt a little weak to me, mm-hmm. which is ironic given it's a show about an incredibly powerful human being. But <laughs> but it's felt a little weak. And then when Daredevil arrives, it suddenly gets so much better. And you're like, I, I just want to watch his show. I just want to watch this. Well, it's coming. It's coming. And it's coming. 18 episodes of it, too. I'm so uh, excited. That's going to be yeah. that's going to be awesome. I can't wait yeah. for wait for that. But I do want to kind of 
wait to see if the finale ties everything together and it all made kind of like like wandavision took some time and we had to say okay just mm -hmm. be patient and then by the end everything tied together and it was great so yeah. i want to reserve judgment for that but so far i've been a little underwhelmed with with she hulk overall but in any event that's uh it's, it's something where when i watch the finale i guess we can give a more complete uh yeah. analysis or breakdown of it yeah it's funny i was um i took a little time this week I, I i forced like myself to take a full break because i was so behind on shows there's just so much to watch right now that's out there and i i was able to get caught up on house of the dragon i get caught up on rings of power um those are both really really good too and then uh yeah now it's like we've got like all the shows we watch as a family that are like I'm already behind on them, and with the season starting next week, I'm just gonna let the girls like go go nuts, watch them. Just don't delete them. I'll figure them out some Saturday morning or something. I was gonna say our our TV watching window is is very quickly closing <laughs> because the regular season yeah. is just days away, and then you know where we're gonna be. But yeah. Speaking of which, back to our day jobs. Uh, Dream on, Dream on Green. We finally find out what the Warriors are gonna do as a result of him punching Jordan Poole and that video being made public and everything that came along with that. Uh, he will be fined. He will not be suspended. He is expected to rejoin the team and should be a go for the regular season opener against the Lakers uh, coming up on the 18th. So that's that's the end result here. Is this, is this correct? I mean, it, the video coming out, it feels like put this into a different category, but I think this would be a pretty typical reaction had a video not come out about you know showing what had, what had happened. Yeah, I think if we didn't have the video, it would have been a fine for I don't know what breaking team rules or something like that, or you know team policy or something. Mm -hmm. um, and we would have all moved on. Seeing the video, I I wouldn't have a problem if they gave him a one game suspension and just basically said, "Hey, you're out for one game." And it it would have been a pretty impactful game, right? To miss ring night and. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, that it was funny. Somebody said, do they like still have him come get his ring? And then he asked to leave or uh, how would that work? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Or do you just do a Draymond ring night like two nights later? Um, I was listening to uh, another show, uh, uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue, who are both in uh, the Bay Area and go to a lot of Warriors games. And they were talking about how's the crowd going to react? to to him um because he is a very popular player there but so is jordan Poole. so that's going to be something interesting to watch on, on that opening night but yeah I, I think it's one of those where i think the warriors just want to put this behind them as much as they can move forward and, and get it done with and and now i think they're moving in that direction yeah it does feel like we're all kind of moving on from this maybe it'll become a bigger topic once uh the warriors start to figure out what they want to do with draymond in terms of his, his long-term uh role with the team uh, mm -hmm. we know that he could be a free agent next summer so we'll we'll see what decision making gets it gets done there but personally i i think he definitely should have been suspended for one game <laughs> maybe maybe i'm biased there for no reason though perhaps perhaps <laughs> give, give lebron yet another ring by getting himself suspended so we're right. not a ring but a win i should say that's right that's right um all right let's talk a little bit about the suns cam johnson was considered untouchable reportedly in Kevin Durant trade talks. This feels like madness. Yes. Like wh why would you draw? Look, and I like Cam Johnson. I was wrong about Cam Johnson in the draft. I was one of those people that was clowning the Suns for drafting Cam Johnson. And he has been very, very good. I've become a fan of his game. 
if you're drawing the line at Cam Johnson and a Kevin Durant trade, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. What I want to know is, it, was it like DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson and three picks or something like yeah. that? Is that where it's like, all right, come on, we got to keep something. Let us keep Cam Johnson. Like, is that True. how that went down? Or is it truly like they were like, all right, well, we would like Cam Johnson. And then the Suns are like, nope, start over. Like, I just, I find that very hard to believe. But, yeah. you know, teams have done weirder stuff in the past in trade talks. So I'm not really sure how to pro process this one other than, yeah, if, if if I ever found out that Cam Johnson kept my team from getting Kevin Durant, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, and that's not to say that's, that's what's happening. Like, we're not hearing, yeah. oh, the deal was done. Yeah, and the Suns then said Cam Johnson is untouchable. And that's yeah. not what's what's going on. So, like exactly. you said, it it could be something where that was just the piece they tried to hold back mm -hmm. in the negotiation or something like that. So, um, we do have to keep that in mind. But a little strange that that's what's out there now, and maybe a little bit concerning if you are a Suns fan. If it indeed was a situation where they just, they just said no, under no circumstances, we're not trading him. Kevin Durant, we're we're talking yeah. about here. Come on. Well, also, uh, if that's the case, why is his extension not done then, right? If yeah. that's truly where it is, like, if he's untouchable, well, then you're not going to fool around and let this get into restrictive free agency this summer. This is the team that gave Landry Shamit a contract extension last year. Like, of course, you'd get this done. But, yeah, for, for now, it's, you know, just kind of looked at this and raised an eyebrow a little bit. I'm like, eh, someone's uh, either fibbing here or not telling the full story. Uh, more on the Suns, Jay Crowder reportedly would prefer, or the Heat believe that Crowder would prefer to go to Miami um, and, and join them. But we've talked about this. It's tough to see how Miami gets Jay Crowder. I think you would have to get him a third team involved, yeah. and then that complicates things that much further. Yeah, absolutely. There's just not a, a direct trade that makes sense for the Suns salary matching-wise. It's just something where they're, they're going to have to uh, – uh, you know, figure that out um, there too. If they want to go that direction, there, there just isn't a deal as you look at it where you're like, yeah, there it is. There, there, there's the trade. So uh, I'm not entirely sure where this one goes Um, on this. I, I can't see the heat putting together, you know, the three or four guys uh, money wise to go make the trade. I can't see um, the Suns having really any interest in Duncan Robinson and the, all the money left on his contract. That doesn't make sense. So yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to get there on this one. I, I, I quite frankly think we probably aren't. I, I don't know unless there's some kind of, like you said, three team trade. This could be though, let's regroup down the line. You know, in, in a couple months, um, let's see. And then maybe like a Dwayne Deadman gets thrown into a deal there because I think Omer Yurt 7 is going to play a lot for, for this Miami team in the regular season, either next to Bam Adebayo or behind him. Um, and that could make Deadman trade you know, very tradable. And then, then it's Deadman and one other player and you're basically mm -hmm. there. So maybe that's the way it goes. But yeah, a little confusing to say the least. Yeah, as of this point. But again, you never know what can change and open things up. Uh, staying on the Suns for one more story here. The Suns would reportedly like Jordan Clarkson from the Utah Jazz. Uh, what do you think about that? Does this make sense as a target for, for Phoenix as a guy that they could, they could use? Does he fit with them? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they could use a bench, another bench score. Cam Johnson, we just talked about, he's 
going to end being the starting group this year. So they're, they're a little light coming off the bench for a team that is, you know, considered to be, be a contender. They are getting Dario Sarge back this year. That's huge um, for them for front court depth, but then their other kind of main reserves, Cameron Payne. All right. He's been a little up and down. He was pretty good mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Not so good last year. Uh, Landry Shamit. I'm not the biggest fan there. Plus he's not the kind of guy you're going to kind of throw the ball and say, you know, Hey, lead the second unit and get some buckets. Uh, Damian Lee, I do like, but I don't think he's ready for that kind of role. So a little, little light on bench scoring. So yeah, Jordan Clarkson would make, make some sense there. I do wonder, you know, could you may if Duncan Robinson was just owed a little bit less money, could you get something with Miami in mm-hmm. Utah, where it's like, you know, send Duncan Robinson to Utah and, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson to Phoenix and, and uh, Jay Crowder to the Heat. But it's just Robinson, you know, the three years after this year, just it's so oh. much that I just can't imagine that's going to be how that plays out. Yeah, the Heat would have to toss in some draft capital in order to get the Jazz to take yeah, on. They that, don't really have that it. Salary. Yeah, that's that's the the problem. And so trying to come up with these deals, it's really tough right now. Now, again, we, we've been talking about this a lot, though. Things may shift drastically around the league during the season. We were already talking yesterday about the Charlotte Hornets. You get an injury to Lamella Ball. Oh, does that push them into mm-hmm. tanking territory? And suddenly you're looking at what can we do to go get Victor Wembemiana? Uh, what can you do to go get Scoot Henderson or somebody like that in the draft? We don't know who else will do that. Who else may suddenly decide, you know what, we're pulling the plug on this thing. Let's bottom out. Let's try to get what projects to be a generational talent in the draft. And mm-hmm. then that shifts the entire landscape of, of the trade market. So I do wonder if teams like Phoenix, like Miami, like Utah with, with Clarkson, are they just kind of waiting for the dust to settle here in the first few weeks and then they can start really exploring things again once the landscape is a little bit more clear? Yeah, absolutely. And then you really, it sounds like a very long time, but you only have to get about two months into the season, which is going to be roughly what about 20 ish games, you know, probably a little bit more than that, probably closer to like 30 uh, games or so. And then everybody, almost everyone who was signed over the summer becomes trade eligible. So then, then, you know, on that December 15th date, things open up a lot wider and you can really do other stuff. But yeah, it's, it is, you know, both those teams obviously looking for players and I'm just not sure there, you know, there, there's a direct connection on any of those. Cause I also, you know, I guess maybe you could do Crowder to, uh, you know, the the Jazz. But I think if you're the Jazz, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, we'll take Jay Crowder and then probably try to flip him in another trade. But you're going to need to get probably a pick out of Phoenix in a deal like that if it was just Crowder for Clarkson uh, straight up. So, you know, maybe I, yeah, we'll see. All right, we need to get into an unfortunate injury here. Uh, Not as bad as it could have been, but Marvin Bagley has a bone bruise. And a sprained MCL going to keep him out for about a month here for the Detroit Pistons. This Detroit team, you know, they went and they picked up Bogdanovich. Do you think they are hoping that they make a, a at least a play-in run here this season? Are they ready for that? Yeah, I think they would like to be in the position where they are playing meaning, meaningful games post-trade deadline. Uh, I think, you know, they, they want to have those young guys playing for something down the stretch versus just, all right, you know, we're going to start sitting guys and rebalancing and, you know, but, you know, yeah, we lose a handful of games. doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know that we'll see. I mean, we might see, you know, if they're bad enough, some outright tanking uh, for them, but yeah, I think their idea is 
let's see if we can be playing meaningful games after the trade deadline. And I think they're also looking at it with, with like Bogdanovich. If we're not, we'll just flip him to another team then and we'll, we'll get something, you know, whether it's a couple seconds or maybe a first if he's playing well enough. I also think they want to put, uh, how do I put this? Like real true NBA talent around the kids instead of just kids upon kids upon kids. Cause then you get the sense of, all right, Kate Cunningham drives the lane, defense collapse, kicks it out. And it's just another brick shot. Where does that go? Kick it out to Bogdanovich. It's probably going in. And I, and I think that gives you a, a rebalance there, but yeah, the Bagley injury is tough, right? We've talked a lot about his contract and how it was weird to both of us. But he did play good basketball for them. He was going to be a big part of that front court rotation uh, there in Detroit. It was going to really kind of be him, Stewart, and uh, Jalen Duran at the primary uh, to um, their you know center spot for them. Now I think they'll probably play smaller a little bit and then just kind of run with that. But yeah, it, it, definitely disappointing that that he's out. Yeah, certainly. There was also an interesting tidbit about the the Pistons uh, out there that they would have been in the Aiton market had Duran yes. not been not been available, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. We had pegged them as a potential landing spot for it. And it doesn't appear they were going to get him given that the Pacers had their deal matched. What was it? I think it was three minutes that they, that yeah, the it's something, it yeah, like it was something that, ridiculous yeah. like that, yeah. but it was matched basically immediately by, by them. So it's not like the Pistons were going to get him, but clearly they believe enough in, in Duran to not pursue a guy, the caliber of Deandre Ayton, didn't think that in terms of their roster build, it made sense to go after Aiden once they got him. So I think that that says a little bit of something about how they view uh, Duran. Yeah, absolutely does. And they're, you know, clearly committed to their kids because the veterans that they're bringing in are support guys around those guys. It's no, they're not bringing in guys over top. I saw some people say, doesn't adding Bogdanovich kind of stagnate Sadiq Bay and, I don't think so. I think they play together. You, my guess is they 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 both start alongside Cunningham, Ivy, and Stewart at least to open the year, and that's where you go with, with that group. And and I think that's fine. Um, you know, and it's not like Bogdanovich is really blocking anybody from getting minutes. Maybe Isaiah Livers a little bit, but that's a second round pick. You've got to see more out of him anyway. But yeah, I think this is a you know good smart uh, roster building here and. They played some team stuff. Notably, they really played the Celtics stuff last year. And I think they're going to, you know, do what they can. Like I said, be in the mix and playing those meaningful games late in the year. But I think they'll also be a team that will be very quick to pivot if it's not going great for them at the end of January, that they'll, they'll, you know, switch gears and and move into, uh, let's be kind and say, development phase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When when a lot of teams right now are taking their, their hands off the handlebars and just letting go and saying, let's let's crash this thing and let's tank. <laughs> the, the Pistons are essentially doing with these veterans is they are providing training wheels mm-hmm. for the young players, hoping that yeah. they can eventually allow them to learn how to, to ride the bike. Other teams are just hoping to destroy the thing so that they can wind up getting, well, potentially generational talent, a seven foot five guy that can shoot threes and dribble and do everything. God, I can't wait to get to the NBA. That's going to be incredible. Yeah. It's going to be a must watch TV. I I, um, said today, I am curious to get your thoughts on this a little little bit of quick tangent here. I think the San Antonio Spurs need him more than Mm -hmm. any team in the league. There's no star power on San Antonio. I love Keldon Johnson. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I think Josh Primo is pretty good. I think Devin Vassell is pretty good, but None of those guys are stars. Like they, they, the Spurs are starless right now. They, they, they could really use uh, Victor Wembanyama in a big way, and if not him, Scoot Henderson and move on that way. Well, fans of every team that are right now looking to bottom out disagree with you, aside from Spurs <laughs> fans, because everybody wants wants to get him, and everybody says, sure. "No, we need this guy," right? Right. But I, I think you do have some uh, a point there because, yeah, the Spurs don't have a lot. And I also don't see the Spurs as like a major free agent destination either. So it's pretty important. Like it was big for them to get Tim Duncan, of course, because that that pushed them into what two decades of of relevance and, and incredible play and championships and, and all of that. They kind of they need to get that guy in the draft once again. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about, we've talked about this in the past that sometimes you're better off, or at least this is the, the prevailing theory going around the NBA, that if you're going to get a star player, Right now, you're better off getting a foreign-born star player because those guys appear to be more prone to sticking around with whichever team they land with. So that could set the Spurs up for the foreseeable future and take them into this next iteration of, of potentially success if they can be the team to land Wembyama. So I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but I, I am sure that there are some fans of Oh, no, yeah. of taking teams that are not the Spurs that are probably yelling at their screens. Right. It's funny how fans are like, like now, if like we were like, you know, team X has no stars. All their players are, they're kind of nice, but they're not that good. We would get yelled. They'd be like, we have player, you know, this guy and this guy and this guy, <laughs> and they're all great. You know, but, but if they say it, right. I mean, but that's how it works, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, teams become like almost like a member of your family. I can insult them, but you, you better not. Right. You know, yep. You're going to, you're going to get a, get, get some words out of me. Um, just a, a quick note to go back to the Draymond situation. Mark Stein just tweeted that um, uh, all signs continue to point to the NBA leaving all Draymond Green discipline to the Warriors, who elected to fine but not suspend Green for punching teammate Jordan Poole. NBA's general policy team should handle practice matters. And there is in the NBA operations manual, um, it is that all players agree to, it's basically kind of like a unbecoming conduct. Uh, policy where you know anything happens uh you know of, of a physical altercation the league could step in the league could step in here and say mm-hmm. hey we're suspending draymond because this isn't how we want our players to act but generally those kind of things like mark noted the league wants to leave to the teams let them handle it and go from there the, the big difference here is the video got out that's yeah that's really and that's mm-hmm. you know you're going to get people that are saying, oh, well, they should have. They definitely should have suspended him. What's the league doing? They're showing favoritism to the Warriors. No, this, this is typically how these things go. Mm-hmm. 
Just the difference is we usually don't get to see what happened like we did here with the Draymond situation. Hey, quite frankly, they're not usually quite as bad either. They, true. They, they don't That's get also to true. that same level. But yeah, yeah it's, they, they, it's definitely, yeah. They, it's, it's, I have no issue with the league saying, hey, you got it? Good. Do, do what you think is best in this situation. Yeah. In, in most cases, it's not a, a haymaker thrown to the head like, like we saw in that okay. situation. But yep. uh, again, this is also kind of how the NBA tends to handle things. I don't think this is like favoritism being shown to the Warriors or, no, or anything like that. So. Yeah. Um, the Mavs in talks to sign uh, Faku Campazo. He's fun to watch. <laughs> he's not. He's not the most efficient player no. in the NBA or anything like that. But he's very fun to watch. Uh, reminds me of a little bit throwback to uh, Lakers legend, the catalyst Marcelo Huertas. But um, <laughs> but uh, Facundo Campazo is uh, looks like he's going to wind up with the Dallas Mavericks. I, I can't say he's going to play a ton of minutes. He was with the, the Nuggets uh, previously. But, yeah, I mean, add a little bit more fun if they throw him in there during during garbage time because sometimes he pulls off some some pretty exciting stuff. No, it really does. Uh, my guess is the uh, Mavs said, well, J.J. Bray is retired. Uh, we traded Trey Burke. Jalen Brunson left as a free agent. We have to have an undersized uh, guard that doesn't to. always shoot it great on, on the roster. And that's a, that's where Composo lands in. So, yeah, let's see you know, where that goes. And obviously, Jalen Brunson turned into a very, very good player. And uh, J.J. Brea was a key guy for them for a number of years. But, you know, yeah, fill, fill the Mavs quota of undersized guards and bring in Composo. And there's some thoughts that, that I've, I've read somewhere that, I don't know if they played together in Europe or they just know each other, but apparently has a good relationship with Luca. And huh. hey, sometimes guys get jobs because yep. star players, you know, really like them and they like having them around. So, you know, I, I don't really have a huge issue with that. And my guess is this will be something where if Dallas needs to cut him later, they'll they'll just wave them and move on. Um, that again from from our buddy Mark Stein, uh, was the one who's been all over that news. No surprise with Mavs news that Mark Stein's right. all over it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, sometimes guys even get jobs because they're related to star, to star players. We, we see, we <laughs> see that happen, happen, happen too. Uh, but really like, like even when I, when I go back to my like coaching days and everything, and I look at when I was, was looking for players to add to my, the end of my bench, right. A guy who's probably only going to get in in garbage time, that sort of thing. That, that dynamic, how the player gets along with everybody else on the team, that matters a lot. That, yep. that matters a lot. No, that's not going to be your deciding factor for a starter or anything like that. But that dynamic is incredibly important when you're looking at your end of the bench guys. So when you say that that he knows Luca and is is friends with them and stuff like that, kind that can actually be pretty important for somebody that isn't projected to get a ton of minutes for you and how they get along with everybody else. Therefore, matters that much more. You just summed up the entirety of my high school soccer career right there. That, that was the, <laughs> the only reason why I was on the soccer team was because uh, I had fun and I you know, was friends with everybody else on the team and I'd work hard. And I, I also knew I wasn't very good and, and I didn't uh, campaign to play any more than, than the brief uh, times that I did get. Made your, uh, your cameo appearance out there. And, uh, but, but, uh, but, those, but it's important though, right. That you have that. Cause like if, if yeah. you went, went in there and said, 
I'm so frustrated. I'm not starting. And you mm-hmm. were, were negative and you're upset and, and all like that can bring a whole team down. And so it's, it's important when you look at yeah. stuff like this. Yeah, for sure. Let me tell you a quick story. This will be, be very quick, but huh? I think it's funny. My first ever game in high school, I got, got in the game was out of hand. We, I think we were up six, nothing. And they put me in, they played it back to the goalie. So I went on, he put me in at striker. I went up to press the goalie goalie reared back, booted it directly off my face and oh. into the goal. Oh, it was the so, only goal I ever scored in my high school career. <laughs> but you scored a goal. Yep. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was a memorable one. And then I think then the coach immediately took me out and they, they, they did a very, uh, this was a long time ago. So very preliminary concussion protocol, uh, protocol uh, check there, but it was uh yeah, more of like, are you okay? Can you see? And uh, that was it. But yeah, but yeah, now, that, was, did, that was my lone goal in high school. Did you brush it off and celebrate? Oh or- Yeah. Yeah, because you, you have to, you have to like, act yeah. like your face is just like stinging. Oh my god, I was, I was, I had tears, like full but, on tears in my eyes, and yeah. But you have to pretend like it doesn't hurt yeah. at all. Oh, because you scored, yeah. right? And I followed it in because I was like, I'm never going to get this close to scoring again. Like I'm going to make sure this thing goes in, in, and uh, yeah, and then then everybody went crazy, and then a couple people were like, did that go in off your? Face and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Later on, you know, around the girls, it was it was a perfect header into the back of the. Net. We just didn't right. tell them how it was set up. It was on a cross. You, you yeah, had a exactly. diving header yeah. placed perfectly yeah. up into the. Upper well, I didn't corner, want to right? lie. I just left it at perfect header and let them build go. the uh, build the image in their mental mental image there. Well, that's that's the the way we have to approach these kind of, <laughs> these kinds of situations. But uh, yeah, all right, let's talk basketball. <laughs> let's talk a little more little more basketball. Don't get me going on soccer stories. Um, <laughs> Pacers signed Trevlin Queen to a two way contract. Pretty good, good guard. Uh, has a nice mid range game too. He spent some time with the Lakers a couple seasons ago, and uh, yeah, like he's a guy who's bounced around and back. I believe he was with the Rockets at one point, wasn't he? Was with the Rockets last year. Then uh, the Philadelphia 76ers signed him. Actually gave him 330K guaranteed. Um, and then they waived him uh, earlier this week as part of their uh, starting their roster churn process. So people have asked online a bunch of times. And I'm sure some of the people watching and listening are wondering too. Why like teams are signing guys and then waving yeah. them the next day and signing a new guy. It's 99% of the time this is roster stuff around getting their affiliate player rights for the G League team. So that's what you're seeing. But in the case of Queen, the, the 76ers knew, all right, he's probably not going to stick here. They caught him free a little early, which is nice because it allows him to find a job before um, the preseason wraps up. And yeah, this is the kind of flyer the Pacers should be taking right now. You're in a rebuilding year. Bring these guys in, whether it's on a two-way or at the end of the bench, and just cycle through and see if somebody pops and really you have, you have a find. And then, then you go from there. So I think this is good work. Keith, your ability to know every player and every one of their stops along the way is is absolutely incredible. Like if there was ever a game show made out of the little game that Inside the NBA does with Charles Barkley, who he played for, you would go on that. You would dominate. You would dominate that show. I admittedly get frustrated when they don't know. It it gets me a little angry, but it's okay. It's okay. I'll play our own version here. That's right. Well, here's, here's another one for you. The Rockets signed Darius Day's. Again, I'm waiting for you to make up a name to try to throw me here, but um, <laughs> but the Rockets do do sign him. Keith, tell us about him. Yeah, a guy out of LSU, um, rookie, uh, played pretty well in summer league for the Spurs. Um, yeah, he had a couple of highlight plays. He was with the Heat um, earlier in the preseason, and then the Heat waived him as they kind of 
did some roster shuffling of their own and the Rockets claimed him off waivers on his two way. So how that works, he just goes right into the Rockets open two way. They only had one uh, two way spot filled uh, with uh, Trevor Hudgens um, was, is there other two way players? So we've got the two of those guys now coming in there. And again, days is interesting. He's, he's more athlete than basketball player right now at the moment. But if you're Houston, again, you can kind of uh, throw him, um, you know, some minutes, maybe occasionally he'll probably play quite a bit with the um, uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers of the mm-hmm. um, G League uh, with them. I imagine he'll, he'll be down there and they've had some success down there. The Rockets use their G League team in a kind of fun ways back when, remember when they really kind of amped up to like, hey, we're going to take layups and threes and that's it. Mm-hmm. With the with the Vipers, that is literally all they did was take threes and layups. They played at a ridiculous pace. They basically raced up and down the floor off makes, misses, turnovers, everything was get it in and get it up the floor, get a shot up. It was like I think their goal was to get shots up within the first five seconds of the shot. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So not even seven seconds, five seconds or less. Yeah, exactly. It was like, get it up there. And, you know, and it either needed to be a three or it needed to be something inside the paint. And it was, uh, you know, but that's what they, they do that they're, they're using that as a kind of a strategic playground, I guess, test out new strategies and the like, uh, down there. I don't know if that's changed and tweaked. That was obviously when Daryl Morey was running the whole show on there, but yeah. And then days, uh, reunites with his uh, LSU teammate, Tari Eason, um, who I think is going to be a fun player to watch this year for the Rockets. He, he really gets after it defensively. He's ton, a ton of energy uh, for him. He was a mid first round pick uh, this year. Just another, you know, another guy in the pile for, for Houston of these, all these young players. Yeah. They're going to be an exciting team to watch. Definitely one of those teams that you want to check in on, on league pass. Not that you're mm-hmm. expecting them to win a bunch of games or anything like that. Um, but they could be a lot of fun on any given night. And I think I've mentioned this on here, on here before, but League Pass, they cut their price by a ton, like 60% yeah. mm-hmm. cheaper for, for League Pass this year. So if you haven't checked it out yet, um, definitely an opportunity to go and get League Pass and you can stop illegally streaming games or, or whatever yes. and just go and watch basketball. Watch, And I love that you can pick what announced crew so you can kind of yeah. check in on the different yeah. ones and I like seeing the different commercials from around the country too. <laughs> yeah. The local commercials trip, trip me up. And then yeah. obviously the ones, whenever I'm watching a Boston game on league pass, I get like, like, uh, like a little homesick sometimes where I'm like, Oh man, like I remember this place. Like there's, there's this, this, uh, tire company that's been broad gig. Uh, doing commercials on Celtics games since I was a kid. And every time yeah. one of their things pops up, I'm like, oh man, like, like, you know, Sullivan Tire, I love it. But yeah, it's uh, fun. Uh, Houston too, 
they have a lot of games that start in the eight o'clock window, which a lot of times pop right as those early games are going into halftime. Um, so it's you know kind of kind of a going to be a really fun team to flip to, um, to to check out uh, over there. Just you know they've got a lot of interesting young kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they absolutely do, absolutely do. Last year I opted for the version of League Pass that um, that doesn't have the commercials in it, and I kind of missed it. Yeah. I, I kind of I got the in arena feed, which had some benefits. <laughs> sure. But I kind of miss seeing the commercial from all over the country. But I like anyway. the in arena feed when it allows you to pick it up early and yeah. you can see the guys warming up. That's that's always yes. fun. And I liked um when they would show the halftime show with I forget the guy's name, but he's got the dog Scooby. <laughs> yeah. They, they were in Vegas and they they performed at the, the Lakers <laughs> game as well. But that's that's always a blast. That's uh can't get enough of that one. The um, one I don't like is the amazing Sladek. He's like the old guy that climbs up the chairs and oh all yeah that stuff. I do it, it stresses me out. I fear for his life every time he does his act. <laughs> I, I don't watch that. I don't like it. It gets you it gets your anxiety going <laughs> yep. a little bit there. Yeah. Um Teo Maladon waved by the Rockets. Now you were making a case for why somebody should claim him. Yeah, he's, he's super young. You know, young young guards. Um, they sometimes they take a few years to really figure it out and develop. And you know, he there's a player in there. We we've seen he's got some skill. This is not a a guy who's completely you know can't play. Um, for the Rockets, it's just they've got a million young guards. Uh, they have Jalen Green. They have Kevin Porter Jr. They still have Eric Gordon on the roster. Uh, they drafted Ty Ty Washington, so they they didn't need another young guard, especially one they didn't invest anything in. But teams should claim him. He's only a 1.9 million salary. So either cap room or a very small trade exception, you can claim him. I'm looking at you, San Antonio. Um, you're you're rolling with Trey Jones and nothing else as far as true point guards on that roster. They're talking about Josh Primo playing some point, which again, that's fine. Blake Wesley maybe playing some point. Those guys are more natural twos. But yeah, get them some on-ball reps, but it's not going to hurt you to bring in Teo Maladon, have him play there a little bit too. You can mix him in. And you know, if if you have to cut a guy like Keita Bates Diop, I get it, right? He's going to be 27 this year. It's probably not much of a pop coming from him as far as prospect wise. So yeah, I, I would look at that tail mile on if I was the Spurs, because you got to make up that ground somewhere too. Anyway, as far as, you know, how far under the salary floor they are. All right. And the jazz have not traded Jordan Clarkson yet. We <laughs> talked about him a little bit earlier. They still have Mike Conley. They still have Malik Beasley, but they did add Micah Potter on a two-way contract, which these, these kind of signings, they can matter. You know, I was talking about mm-hmm. this recently on uh, on my Substack, cheap plug, treverlane.substack.com, um, about how like the G League it's becoming a bigger and bigger piece of the puzzle for NBA teams. And if you can find a player that you can eventually add to a two-way contract, these guys, if they hit, it's found gold, and particularly if you're in a situation mm-hmm. like the Jazz are in right now. If you can get a guy on a two-way that you develop into something, that can help jumpstart your rebuild or help provide a little bit more of a boost for your rebuild process. So that's what they're going to look to do here with uh, with Micah Potter. Yeah, absolutely. Potter got a little bit of the taste of the NBA last year uh, with the Detroit Pistons on a call up. Um, he's a he's big. He's six foot ten. He played at Wisconsin, I believe, in college. Um, you know, kind of stiff a little bit, but but he can rebound, set some screens. He can do some stuff as far as an offensive player goes. So good, good. You know, two two way guy. Uh, he's going to join uh, Johnny Juzang from uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, UCLA as the the other two way player for the Jazz. But you're absolutely right. When when you're a 
not a very good team. You should be cycling through the bottom of your roster as much as possible. I, I always point to the Brooklyn Nets. They did a great job with that, and that's how they got Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie, um, two guys who ended up being very key parts of that team as they turned into a good team um, just by kind of saying, all right, these guys were cast off by other places, didn't really show up there. Well, let's give them a shot and see. And they both developed into you know pretty good players uh, with the Nets and eventually got themselves paid. So, yeah, I, I'm all for this. You know, keep Keep cycling through, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That will do it for today. Again, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office show over on our YouTube channel. And of course, if you're on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that, that you listen to podcasts, again, make sure you're subscribed and give us that five-star rating and review till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.